Shut up, I love it. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sasha Filer, and I'm here with Joe Cabello. And this is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a guest to talk about something underrated, underappreciated in the world, or maybe just to like catch up with us and tell us about what they've been up to that's maybe a little bit unusual. Well, joining us today, he is a theater actor. He is Charles. Austin Pierce. I think I got your name right. I believe it's Chad Austin Pierce. I think there was some trouble because we couldn't find like an IMDb or something. Yeah. Uh, so you messed it up. But so, so, so sorry, Chad. Chad, Chad Austin Pierce. Hello. Hello and thank you. And uh, no, no problem. An actor should not be known by a name, but by a face. And the lasting impression that he makes wants to on the stage. Oh, what a nice voice you have. Oh, thank you. I'm already... A- just impressed by that. Well, we, you know, as much as we wish we knew more about you, we don't yet. So would you tell us a little bit about your maybe just a brief one sentence bio or anything just to get our audience acquainted with you before we get into the thick of things? Brief. All right. I'm not one to simply speak economically when there's so much story to be told. Uh, well, it's I a started acting at a very young age. I, I think it won't be helpful. Sorry to cut you off, but start like for one sentence. I don't think it's going to be helpful to start when you were young. Maybe just what you've been up to recently. <laughs> yes, yes, of course, of course. Once again, thank you. Uh, shut up, I love it. I've made it. Um, that's how it, that's how I feel today, and. So yes, a simple sentence, one line with which to encompass a life, a career. Uh, no, just what you what you've been up to lately might be fine. Yes, yes, yes. Of just course. a couple of couple just like quick highlights of your no pressure. last 10 years. No pressure. Like, we just literally need to introduce you. So Of course. Like, of literally course. to me, I'll give you an example to me. This is like what I would do like if somebody was asking me for that, I'd be like, "Look, Siberia, dog sports, UCB, robot chicken comedy. Like, that's it. I, I mean, I probably would phrase it like more and like a complete sentence. And that sounds like a psychotic <laughs> sentence. Yeah, that just sounds... I wouldn't, I wouldn't follow that, Chad. Uh, okay, Joe, go, go. But, you, Joe, I want to hear it from you too. Like, okay, what is uh, it? most recently I just released a uh, comic book because I'm a comedy writer. You could go uh, check that out on Amazon called robotblackbeltchampion.com. <laughs> And I'm here to talk about blank. (laughs) Great. Nice. Very well done. Thank you. Chad, go. Um, I'm going to use Sasha's model, if that's all right, Joe. I I think yours was quite pedantic in the way that, of course, I think speaks to you being an everyman. That was not an insult. Um, My life in a series of words. um, Tragedy, footlights, fans, the smell of maple wood recently mm. polished before opening night at the Olive Garden Arts and oh. Food Festival in Biloxi, Missouri. <laughs> a small car and a girl you've barely met. Hot breath on a window. That's certainly <laughs> more confusing the more you say. I, uh, but I'm hoping a... <laughs> that I'm hoping maybe uh, the audience kind of gets a sense of you based off that because... Uh, 
Hmm. I don't think we're going to get what we need from it. But what are Good you point. here to talk about, uh, Chad Austin Pierce? I love having people <laughs> like you who are masters of their craft oh, on you. the show. Because um, whether or not you're talking about what your craft is or just other things, I think that um, just it lends. Through. It lends a lot to your opinion and the lens that you see th- things through. So please, what are you here to talk about? Well, I've spent my life on the stage um, since I was a small boy. And the fact is I'm here in mourning. Um, And by mourning, I do not mean uh, the morning, but mourning with a U. And the U is me. I am the U. Um, theater right. has, no, I'm following. Yes. I, I, I think you wanted Again, to the be more confusing. You say, the more you say, <laughs> things tend to get a little... Uh, more complicated right. so i think even less is more but uh i think it's almost like you challenging it to be more complicated but we're not like lost i I, I was good. born to be directed so please do not do not feel like you have to um <laughs> to hold back um i am a vessel for for you know anyone who wishes to put my face out in front of a crowd um i'll i'll be brief when i say that um theater has died theater is dead um, due to everything that's going on now, due to the uh, uprise of social media, due to television, radio, which is very popular. Radio, yeah. Um, very. So what you see in front of you, Sasha and Joe, is a master of a craft that lies as a rotted corpse. And knowing that, to even step foot on a stage is to dance on its grave. That beautiful words, and I think um, very true, and uh, also haunting because we're seeing the same thing happen to the uh, movie theater industry. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, and when you say theater, Chad, what are you talking about? Like improv theater, musical theater? How about I drop a few names just to tell you the kind of pedigree of people that that I have been performing with for Mm -hmm. 40 years. Um, Mm. Bryce Mitchum, Kelly Swank. Sir Roderick McClum. I think that says it all. I think that says it all. I I don't know about Sasha, but I'm not too familiar with theater. You know, my apologies. So I'm I'm assuming that our theater-loving audience uh, knows who those people are. The Portsmouth Theater in Baines, Michigan. (laughs) I never even heard of this place. (laughs) That's where they perform? Or is that Uh, where That is just a place I perform quite a bit that... um, well, in, I, in Baines is, is um, pretty much the place to be Friday or Saturday night if you are a person of taste uh, and sophistication. So, And if there's no pandemic going on. Exactly. And the pandemic is... I'm not here to talk about something depressing like the pandemic. I'm here to talk about... How theater is dead. <laughs> how theater <laughs> is a putrid vessel of a forgotten time. And those of us who did it now must seek reincarnation. To be honest. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I... now I'm catching you. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is about uh, moving on from yes. the arts. Yeah. Minute eight. Minute eight. We got to the topic of <laughs> this podcast. All right, Chad. A new well, record. Yeah. A new record. So look, you're certainly welcome to dig in and tell us. Well, first of all, when you say dead, I, I mean... Maybe this is something that's been said many times before about theater. Yes. And maybe theater will be revived like it's been revived before. You know, I imagine 
it's like when people exactly like Joe said said before movie theaters are dead but then they came back well we need to clarify um, dead as well yeah. I don't think dead means uh, non-existent I think it means it becomes so niche that it's my it's dead uh, because it's a shadow of what it once was or not Chad what what is it to you I think at this juncture if I must be honest and trust me it is not easy as I love this craft it is the kind of putrid where the skin becomes wax and raccoons not only feed but make love to what's left of the flesh <laughs> that kind <All> right. of putrid <laughs> yes <laughs> i think you've used word putrid three or four times but so but are des- <laughs> you are describing the putrid differently every time so that's great um, yeah the, so we do know you think it's dead. Are you here really to talk about theater's death or about your future? That's be- kind of before what I, I get to the future, uh, Sasha and Joe. If you will indulge an old hand of the stage. Oh, are you from America? Um, I am from one of the Americas, but I've always kept that a mystery. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like Latin America. One of the Americas. Joe, do you know what I'm that not means? sure what he means, nor am I sure. <laughs> it seems there's an accent, but I, I'm not uh, an affect let, or Let an me accent. just, a, a little more without giving it away. If you have to know for a theater actor, I almost didn't want to give you a name. That's why you didn't know the name. Because, again, I am just a body to, that imbibes an idea, you know. But I am from one of mm-hmm. the Americas. Yes. All right. We'll leave it at that. Uh, never mind that I asked it. Um, Sometimes you, you're digging and you hit stone and you just got to stop digging. I'd like to uh, take a moment, if I could, to speak of what was a brilliant career. Before I tell you, and I do have a plan for the future, for I, I do see past the dimming lights and I do see past the putrid smell. Yes. Of a body liquefying as the bowels and the bladder become one and everything takes on a soupy resolve. We're just talking about soup before you got into the Zoom with um, us. A a dead soup? (laughs) Putrid, some might say. (laughs) Just the soup you would eat for breakfast. Anyway, Chad, okay, yeah, I mean, certainly, please do tell us about um, your background and your past, and do describe the path that has made you into the, what do you claim to be a celebrity of the theater, of theater that you, you say you are? Mix Baldver. I've worked, um, I, I forgot when I was mentioning some of the top names, I have worked with Mix Baldver. At Baines as well? In, uh, Baines, he came through, but of course... He is Biloxi's own Mix Balder. So I don't want to take credits because he's not just from our city. Um, All right. I'm going to take don't you back know. now to 1979. Okay. When I was uh, just 12 years old at a birthday party, had no direction, no ideas, living in the Americas. And I attended a friend's birthday party where a magician was hired to entertain. He brought me on stage, undressed me for a trick, Wait. for a trick. Stop. Okay. How, 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 no, 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 not okay. Not okay. How, how, it was how a different time. You... This was the Americas, you have no, to understand. 
No, this is what uh, I'm Yeah, and when you say undressed about. you. <laughs> I, I need to know how far you he went. Like He put me in a mirrored box and told me to take off my clothes for a trick. Um, okay, what? Please watch the phrasing. That doesn't. Un, he undressed you. I am imagining he guided you onto the stage in front of people and oh. started taking off your clothes. No, he asked you to take off your clothes within a, a box. When you are 12 and a 40-year-old man with a gravelly voice and the stink of whiskey on his breath says, take off your clothes, sir, he undresses you. Okay, understandable. And I don't know if I need to get upset now because it's upsetting. Something no, tells no, tell me this, this story, is the least, this is, is, is going to get worse. I, I, and I don't I don't think that's ever the intent of the story, but I have oh a feeling. Oh my goodness, I'm so embarrassed because this story is supposed to be one of hope and, and promise, but... And it's not over, so we're, we're getting caught up too soon, but, you know, you... You dropped Sasha's the Sasha's right, not okay. We have to, <laughs> we have to pause there. All right, maybe not in 2020, but back in 1979, a grown male magician asking a 12-year-old to undress in a mirrored box was what we call a Tuesday. Okay. Right. I then came out under a shroud of silk into a box that he jammed swords through. You have to understand it was a magic trick, and the swords did not come near me, but in that moment I realized that I could create truth, that I could Mm. make fiction into reality, and I began to suffer and writhe. My As you were standing naked inside uh, the yeah. box and heard people screaming outside, or where, where were you? I was. Uh, I should ex- explain. The mirrored box was just a changing room that had a camera in it. It was just a changing room that had, had a running a camera? camera. Yes, I was just remember the light. Seventy-nine. Um, I don't know why there was a camera in it. Looking back now, I've never actually said that out loud. I, I guess he was just filming me. It doesn't uh, what matter. What year was this? Nineteen seventy-nine. <laughs> uh, interest. The cameras there too. Like it was not very. It was an enormous camera. Yeah, they were. It sounded like an implanted memory. That was. I'm taking a second because I'd forgotten that camera was there. But it's not the point of the story. No, this is a story of hope. Is he doing this in front of a crowd? (laughs) There are 14 children there. It's my best friend Marcus's party. I am in a mirrored box. I strip naked. He takes a piece of silk, escorts me to another box, has me go inside so that my modesty might be maintained. Whence inside this second box. He pulls That's out where the cameras. No, the first box, the mirrored ca- box, where I strip nude, was where there was a camera filming me. This and box. And from there, he guided you to the yes. second box. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. While the, the crowd is followed? waiting, because the crowd's waiting for a trick. Yes, the so, crowd patiently wait. It's very different than now. You have to understand. It's in the, slower I, entertainment. It's, yeah, very it's different. Slower. slower. But the, is the crowd are we talking? Is the fourteen children, or there's another crowd somewhere else? No, is no. There a the, single adult anywhere other than the magician present. I'm glad you asked, Joe, because that's part of the story. There was six adults and fourteen children. Six adults that were chaperoning the party, and they were all there okay. and and just waiting patiently for this trick. And as I said, when I got in the box and the sword started coming through and I realized I was in no danger, I realized in that moment I could create danger. I could control the narrative. And I'm so sorry. You're, you're on a roll. But I'm so I'm still a little confused of the geography and timing. <laughs> so you get into the box. And right, I should mention it. the box is in a windowless van in the parking in, in the parking garage. So, all right, he, I'm going to need uh, even more. Uh, all right, this is not the point of the story, but just for geography, for those listening, I'm not a writer. This is an implanted memory, I must say. 
Uh, this is you, not real. Yeah, are this you happened. This happened. This definitely happened because it controlled the entire narrative of my life. I had dreams that may have c controlled the entire narrative of my life when I was little because they were so crazy. Just let me tell the story and then you tell me if it's implanted, if it's made up. Okay, As I said, the party's going on. He calls yeah, me on stage. Go. He calls me on stage. He then walks me through a pasture of gilded lilies to a parked van, which was full of mirrors, which I call a box, because that's what we do in the Americas. Vans are boxes. There's a camera inside. I strip nude. He then wraps me in silks, walks me back through the gilded lilies to another box on the stage in front of 14 children and six adults for the trick, which is swords being jammed through as if I am being impaled right in front of their eyes at this 12-year-old's birthday party, my friend Marcus. It's pretty simple. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll give it to you there. That was the best. Like, I understood that. Cohesive. Yeah, well, that was, well, that was cohesive. I think there's still questions. So but many. But now, I think we could ignore those questions for now. You, right. you do the thing. You're like, oh, I can do acting. I can act as if I'm yes. getting impaled. And, yes. I and you are safe. Nobody touched you. There was, okay, there was another man in the van, but he never touched me. He said he was there to make sure I did not steal any of the cassette tapes. Okay. I don't want to get into that. I just remembered that, actually. Right. I have actually, it wasn't until today that the camera and this other very smallish man sitting in the corner. Mm. I remember he had an Applejack cap and a velour jacket. And he had a cigarette in his mouth, but he refused to light it. Um, but I feel like these are not important details. Refuse, you like refuse as a way of... Well, he had a match and he kept lighting it and then holding it out as I was changing. I think just to get more light into the mirrored box, which is a van. Um, I mean, what an atmosphere you painted. Again, this isn't oh what God. the story is about in any way. No, and I, I, I'm not going to say stop, but I'm going to, oh. I'm just going to call it that this is bad to. Uh, what's happening to you right now in this moment. All right, again, in 2020, I might agree, 1979 in the Americas, fairly common. Everything yeah, at, yeah, up to yeah, this point probably had happened to every child I knew. Up, until, up until this point, yes. It's the, rem it's the act of remembering that oh. we're participating in right now that is a little shocking and grotesque to me. Uh, but I do want to hear this this story, if anything, just to get it as far away from the story as possible. Hold so, on, I'm sorry, Joe. I just remembered... That man that was just hunched up with the cigarette holding out the match, he said, I'm your father now. He told me he was my father now. I don't, again, that... How long were you in the van? Wow. From uh, door shutting to, to you going back to do the trick? Anywhere between 20 minutes and four hours. It's hard when you're a kid. Yes. Yeah, because you, you, you know how days are as a child. You're out in the sun-dappled, beautiful summer air, and sometimes you, a day goes by in a moment, and sometimes you're in a van for four hours, slowly taking your clothes off in front of a camera. You know, I could stay painfully in this space yes. for an entire hour. We should but move I on. Ch 
I choose to move yes. on. And so I, let me I, get, I feel I like yes, yes. I will blame myself for moving on. And I feel like our listeners will blame us, Joe, for moving but on. Someone has to uh, like make a but, decision. But we, ha- we have Again, to, all like, these details. I just want to get to the end of the story. I totally understand your curiosity. Curiosity is sort of what we call the hobgoblin of theater. It is the little mischievous imp that keeps theater alive. So my little hobgoblins, you're forgiven. <laughs> I like it. You're forgiven. I like it. Okay, and listeners, we're so sorry. We, you know, sometimes just these conversations, uh, just they happen as they happen, uh, and we can't control them. So I have no we idea what's going on. To. We should uh, be able to control them. Oh, hold, know, we are... hold on. Shank Gorpman was another, if I don't mention Shank, um, another I person I have worked fine. with. I remember earlier, but if Shank was listening, just know you were not forgotten. It's just that you're so grand on the stage. Perhaps I'm ignoring it. <laughs> Shout out, Shank Goldman. Goldman, that's fine. Goldman. Um, so anyway, I'm in this box, swords being oh, rushed boy. through centimeters from my body, and I realize in this moment that I can create, I can act. You can and create, I, and I, act. And I howl. Twelve years old. I, I start howling and contorting as if I'm being killed. Even the magician himself looks stunned. And my performance is so real that one of the mothers miscarries next to the punch bowl. Oh my god. And that's and when I knew. That's when I knew. No, and you say that's when I knew. Uh, I feel like as a kid, you don't instantly know what a miscarriage is. That's like something years later, oh. you, you look back and you're like, oh. Yeah, you don't know shit about shit. Yeah, like, well, you, you know. We this was a very active miscarriage. It wasn't just someone holding their stomach as if they had been tapped on the belly. This was, yeah. this was something fell out. Something flat out fell out. I remember she was wearing jellies. The, these were shoes popular in the Americas. And uh, I remember, too, one of the kids, not understanding this was a tragedy, said, whoopsie daisy, because they thought it was funny. But I knew something real had happened, and I had created it through fiction and acting. I don't think you should be proud of that, even though it was I don't more think- accident than anything. But you could see... I, I, I'm running into these logic questions where I'm not sure the timing. You could see the crowd through the box. Yeah, like how do the magicians? My see head you? was he was my like, head was exposed. Uh, okay, if so you've you, seen this trick, the head so is exposed. Head is yeah. You leave for twenty box. or forty, twenty minutes or <laughs> four hours, hours. Twenty minutes or four hours. Perhaps somewhere between then, you come back with this guy. Everybody's still there, patiently waiting. Uh, patiently waiting, and then you get in the box, pop your head out, and yes. then. And then okay. the swords go through. I have an epiphany. I act as if I am dying. The uh, Marcus's mother was the woman. Um, she is so horrified, thinking she has caused my death. She has a very, what I would call, exaggerated miscarriage. Um, a baby actually was swinging for a moment. It actually I swung like a pocket know watch. if we need to talk about that. I, and I, then I, went I down and she was wearing jellies. I, I, they were a popular shoe back then jellies yeah in the america i think we're done with this this story what was the point Alec? what's the point is that i guess what we're all the asking. point is that you learn that you love acting yes. and you can change people's well i don't know if it's just emotions apparently you can like black magic put like yes. a curse on them and cause like death of someone it certainly speaks to the power of art and acting actually i don't even know as i'm saying that sentence 
I I don't think you did anything different than jumping out it and saying boo from behind a corner to her. I, I don't know if that was acting and that's the the power of acting can be attributed to it. Well, I've uh, done many haunted hayrides and I've always treated them like Richard III. So, thank you. I'm not I don't know sure. What so What I'm uh, saying is a performance is a performance that brings me actually to where I'm going. I have been all over the world. I've performed in so many great theaters. The Metric I performed at the yeah, Metric keep in Brisbane. Them. Just list me five. Give me five theaters. Um, Scorps Theater <laughs> in in South Africa. Uh, okay. The 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 Livered Shell. That's uh, that's shell. near um, Rehoboth Beach. Um, Rehoboth Beach. Don't know where that is. Of course, uh, Monty's Carnegie Hall. That's not the actual Carnegie <laughs> Hall, but Monty's Carnegie Hall. That's <laughs> somewhere between Quebec and Montreal in a small town. That has amazing crowds. Uh, I played, I guess what I'm saying, all the top places. I have been everywhere. I've done every show. But the point you're making, Joe, is actually quite astute. And I thank you for it. Even if it's to push me back, push back, you push me forward. To say that I have an ability to affect people that goes beyond simply being a theater actor. So... I had made a decision once COVID struck and I realized that my career was over. There was still a stage that called to me. Okay. Which is? One that has survived this turbulent time. The stage of the stand-up comedian. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to laugh. Um, yes, that was weird. Um, I, I, it's good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with this. I, I, so, it, it is a little odd because it's also have, it hasn't been easier for stand-ups in COVID. It has been harder, and yet they have thrived and survived. They have found ways to perform. And I also realized it's just me then. Now, let me tell you something about theater, Joe and Sasha. I know you're both writers, so please take no offense. But to me, writers are the lowest rung on the ladder of entertainment. Okay. They're only a rung so the latter doesn't split apart to me. I mean, you've never gone to a theater and seen a marquee that said written words read aloud by actors because no one really cares about the text. Everything that matters is how they're interpreted. why that's not on a poster. Well, I'm saying that no one's yeah. ever said like and featuring the typewriter skills of Josef Cabello. Is that how you pronounce your name in Spanish? No. It's not Josef? It's not. Hmm. I had a I mean, friend. Clearly from a, you, you, Chad, you're clearly from a different America that we're all yeah, in. Yeah. in I'm the America not is Latin America. So uh, I, I'm not sure. Do you prefer Joe, not Josef? Uh, yeah, jo, uh, Joe is fine. Just stick with what we've said. I'm losing my track of thought. The, the point is, I've never believed in words. I've always believed in how you deliver words. Words are just random letters. Mm pressed together with periods and other punctuation put in there just so we know when to stop and take a breath. And yet, it's, and yet you say this, but and yet you are very well-spoken, like, like flowery, like flourishing in this mm. like word jizz. Like, I'm sorry to say it like that. And yet I have but never... But it is a word jizz I, that you just keep on spurting out there. I have never written one word. I have never owned a checkbook. Uh, I have. Um, okay, well, I, I don't think it's that shocking that you never owned a check. I have never done a Super Bowl 
raffle because it requires you to put an X on a dry erase board. <laughs> I think okay, we, I uh, yes, we, we get what you're driving I see, home. I see. Um, the point I is, mean, I don't believe in the written word. I believe in the delivery of language. And thank you, Sasha, for noticing that I am a master of it. And, um, well, that's wow. interesting then, because stand-up is a, a very writer-heavy, deceptively writer-heavy art. You would think so. You would think so. It is. Yeah. You would think is. so. I would, and, and of I course, mean... depending on everybody's style and what you <laughs> constitute as writing, but I'd say for the most part, it's deceptively more writing. Can I ask you, have you um, stepped into this new path yet? Have you done any shows, written any mm-hmm. jokes? Actually, I regret I have not written, that second I have not written a question. joke. I have never written anything. Well, yeah. but have you thought of a joke? An X. Have you thought thought of a joke i'll tell you what i've done which is what i've done through my theater career i i have found scribes i don't call them writers i just call them scribes i would call them scribblers if it was a word and what i've done is i've gone to a lot of these open mics these masked open mics and what i do and this might make me sound like a bit of um a huckster so i apologize is i watch and i see who's written jokes and then i approach these comics at these open mics afterwards and I ask to buy their best jokes. And, you know, if you come in confident and you know how to work people, sometimes you can get a joke for as little as three to four hundred dollars. If you know how to haggle. Okay, you, how many jokes have you Are purchased? you independently wealthy? Um, I am a theater actor, I am not, but I also took all my savings and recently purchased 200 jokes from various open mics. Um, I didn't care, to be honest, if they were good or bad, because I knew it was on me, as the performer, to give them life. They're just words. They're just words. Okay. okay. I well, would if love to hear these just words. I would want to. I want to hear just just words that, even though they're just words with punctuation, you spend insane money. And it's like, why buy? Ins- why spending insane money? And if all that matters is the delivery. I think, by the way, four hundred dollars for what probably took. These gentlemen, almost all gentlemen, white in their 30s, probably a week to write is a pretty good deal. Um, But I digress. Um, Can I just point something out? I will do some of these jokes, but I want you to know I have a different approach. I think this is important that you understand what my keys to success is. I had a great Ferv Randleman. um, um, Ferv Randleman, he teaches at um, Kenosha Dramatics. Kenosha. Kenosha, Kenosha Dramatic Dramatics? Arts. Um, no. He told me something once, and I never... I put it in my back pocket, because sometimes you get a piece of advice. Like, Joe, someone might have said to you, grow in that little bear spot between your mustache and your beard. Like, you're, you're like, not I'm not going to do it right now, but I'm going to put it in my back pocket. You're not say that. What's, what's odd is another... It is, <sighs> maybe you do have the knack for uh, comedy. I think, believe it was another comedian we had on. Yeah, we had one. Who said also, something also talking about stand up comedy, if I'm not mistaken. Very, well, you know, it's just one of those things where, Joe, you have that maybe, in your back pocket. Maybe you ran into him at an open mic. Maybe, Perhaps. Did you buy that joke? I never get names. You know, I wanted to be just the relationship of just scribe and performer. Um, All right. But so, Let's hear anyway, it. Verve told me something. Um, Verve. And I'll never forget it, and it really stuck with me. He said, whenever you say a joke, do it as if you're informing a widow that her only son has died at war. Widow? She's, she's, already, she's already a widow. There's a lot to that. Think about it. Let's break it down. It's, yeah, she's, I'm going to break it up right now. So she's already a widow. Yes. 
So it's already she's fucked. Because <clears throat> there's a war and you probably need a husband or you need as much support as you can. And then she gets on top of that. She gets another shitty, Her only horrible, son. devastating you. Only son is dead. I mean, I don't know. How would I deliver this kind of news? I have no idea. You would have I'll to be... you would have to break their hearts is what you have to do. And to me, the problem with comedy is everyone comes at it with such glee instead of giving it life. So when I read jokes, I build around the jokes. I build something, you know. Another thing Verve told me that's very important is he said sometimes the best laugh is silence. That's not true, actually. You, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not. I think there are some, there are some very interesting takes on stand up. I think the the wrong one that is often said that's uh, the opposite to that is like if you're not getting laughs every seven seconds, you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. I think sometimes stand up is stretches more than that. Um, but I, I'm not gonna really respect a thing you say about right, that's a pretty strong thing to say uh, about stand up no <laughs> i just it is about the beard i think which is just me trying to connect that didn't with help you. that didn't trying help. To connect with you but i i think you could possibly prove us wrong i don't think you're going to totally prove us wrong because if you're not writing your own material and hmm. uh, uh then i just i don't think you can really consider yourself truly doing the art interesting form. let me ask you joe a question and sasha i'd love to hear your opinion if you met a doctor and he went in and did brain surgery and saved a man's life after falling off let's just say a a, a van with mirrors inside falling off the top of it would you go well that's not too impressive because you didn't give birth to your patient i don't think that's the hmm. same interesting pretty whatsoever. interesting when you think it when you really start also unpacking. why did the specific come back uh, honestly, ever since you guys made me go so deeply into that story, I have just been obsessing in the back of my mind about this camera mm. and this small math. Because it was you, totally as you should. As, as you, you should, should be. Yeah. As you should be, yeah. I think you need okay. to take that after this and like talk to somebody about it seriously. Yeah, Maybe, yes. somebody professional. Maybe do a one-person like, show. I see what you're saying, Joe. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, well, yeah. I... It, part for, of therapy might be for you, yes. I, might be, but... I'm willing to be swayed, but I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be, like, respecting you as a comedian after this. But I think you could still earn my respect as an actor with hmm. how you deliver these hmm. jokes of other people's. Um, what do you think, Sasha? Should we check this out? I want to, like, I will judge the material when it's in front of me. Like, to me, talking about it is like talking around it. Like, I'd rather we hear it, we see what's mm-hmm. there. And then we can go to analyzing it and like making our own conclusions, you know, because what are we talking even about here? All we know yeah. is that it's not his. He hasn't written it. Chad has not written a single thing. Yeah, here. but that shouldn't he, be the point. The point is he yes. is going to deliver them. Yeah, so, so let's see good. that wins over me. Yeah. And, and I'm going to start, but just for just so you know where I come from as a theater person, I once did a show in Morlof, Belgium. Mm. And the first Famous. 45 minutes was simply me on stage braiding a child's hair. So, so where you look for immediate content being younger, there is a market for people who take their time to be in a moment. But I do want to start, and I do. So let me explain how this will work 
I will oh look. I have a I have a, a sheet here of um, material that I have purchased, and I yes. will yeah. I will kind of and I'll read just... it out loud, and then I'll find a character. I'll find like it'll be a process. It won't just be a joke. It will be me finding it. It will be me finding the character okay. that says this joke. Yeah. Why oh, they perfect. say this joke? All right. Yeah. Perfect. I'm into it. Minute thirty six. Go. All right. I'm going to kind of take on sort of the, if you can see, you can't see it on the podcast, but I'm taking on the body of a beleaguered man, a man who's worked his whole life, worked his life at nine to five jobs and never had an ounce of respect. He tasted respect. It would taste like a is sweet this wine. it? No, this is me telling the audience. This the is like, a, this is a, a setup, I think. So this character now is sitting in a bar with a cheap beer because he can't afford more because his wife goes shopping three days a week. What does she need? She's got a closet full of nothing. Too much background. Okay, much. hold on. I'm just... Like, is this what you would say on stage? Is what This I... would probably... if Well, it depends. This would be... There will be shows where I just develop material in front of an audience for, say, five or six hours. I imagine, just like in theater when we devise. I don't imagine that. sounds like that. the old art of called video art, when there was, like, a video art in, like, turn of the no. 21st century. It was just, like, you just play weird video on the screen, and you call it art. I don't know. I think it's Go more on. like called torture in the past. Well, <sighs> I love okay. that you're both here because that makes my victory sweeter. Okay. All right. All right. So here I'm I am. I'm that. this character. Let's call me Joe Nobody. I'm Joe Nobody. That's the so <laughs> I'm Joe Nobody. And um Ho- Josef. Josef Nobody. Um so all right, let me find this character. All right. So, by the way, the joke won't come immediately because I'll, I'll just live in the character for a moment. But the joke will come. The joke will come. Okay. You don't need to say that. All right. You will come if it will come. Hey, pal. Buy you another round? <sighs> yeah, tough day at work. I get it. I don't feel like going home, I'll tell you that. Eating nuts, eating nuts, eating nuts. Oh my god. <laughs> this beer's gotten warm, but frankly, I'm cold to the idea of hitting back home. My wife, I'll tell mm. you. You know, when we got married, this she used to walk it's... around. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Is this, have you ever been to a theater <laughs> this before? Is, uh... Have you ever been to a theater <laughs> before? This isn't, you're not going to see, um, I don't know, black dynamite. Like, you don't just scream out at the screen. What was the joke you bought? I think this will actually be more helpful. I was so close. Just let me do my monologue, and I'll get to the joke, and you'll see how this works. Can I have some silence? Okay, silence. It's really hard, but yes. Silence. Silence. Door closes. Getting a drink after work, huh, pal? Yeah, I get it. Oh, Fridays, right? They're just Mondays with a different shade of blue on them. Hmm. I don't feel like going home, I'll tell you that. How about you? No? Yeah, I get it. You know, my wife, she was a beautiful lady when I met her. She used to walk around naked all the time, but now all she does is want to talk about her day. Yeah, she's a real expositionist scene there it was did you see it at the end did you see it at the end do you see how you 
didn't maybe laugh, but you were taken somewhere. You were you were taken on a journey. Um. Yeah. Okay, I I don't think what you were uh, doing was bad right. on a very micro level of like you were saying these lines in a very interesting way. But I don't think whatever that piece was mm. as a stand-up routine was really... Uh, it's baffling. I think you would get the wrong kind of laughs if you got laughs. You know Which what I, I realized? Giggling, you know, but, but I'll tell you what. This like... is, I'm glad this happened, actually, because I realize sometimes we just make a choice as an actor. No, I think I've gotten this all wrong. This isn't Joe Nobody. This is the life of the party. This is Sash Greenbaum. Accountant, like, okay. um, and he's he's a fun like, guy, and he's at a party, and he, and, but but inside, even though everyone loves Sash Greenbaum, uh-huh. inside he's broken because his life, his real life is a tragedy, so he plays it as a comedy. So we're gonna do the scene again, same joke, uh, same joke, um, same lines. Okay, same lines. Um, not the all the same lines. I'm gonna work my okay. way to this joke. Okay, all here right. we go. All right. Are you kidding me? Midnight? Might as well be 9 p.m. <laughs> dip. Punch. Cars. Dip. Oh, Cars yeah. even faster. <laughs> Crazy. Listen, I honestly, I understand that this is a podcast and this is what you do. But push through. How am I going to be such... Push through. Push. All right, I'll push through. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. What a day. Oh, all my best friends are here. This is the best time. I wish my wife would have come. I wish my wife ever would have come. <laughs> I'm just joking around. You know, she used to walk around naked all the time. Uh, but now, um... All she wants to do is um, talk about a day. <laughs> yeah. She's become a real expositionist. Lights. Oh, okay. I really like the energy at the beginning. The energy, was and good. then you had that moment that felt like a very actory acting moment, which is what I guess actors should do. If I had a surgeon, I'd hope he's had a lot of surgery surgeon moments. <laughs> That's a good point, but yeah, why would so know. why would saying an actor is being actory in your mind, Joseph? Be an insult. I guess okay. You want if you're gonna challenge me, I'll tell you. What I am challenging saying. you. I want the you, truth. It was bad acting. You did this bad acting flourish that wow. looked like you were you thought you were crushing it. That's what actory acting is in that moment. Oh, so I suppose then I didn't deserve to do twenty nights with Skirt Goebbels. You probably did, not knowing who Skirt Goebbels is, like the rest of the world. <laughs> Alright, listen. So you okay, I understand that I am part of an art form that has collapsed and is now sitting in a putrid pile of itself. Its, it's it bones melting. covered with maggots and flies. There you go. But just because I am from a different world doesn't mean I don't bring a skill. You know what? Let's move on to another joke. I'm going to be... I would okay. love that. All right. I agree. And, I'm, and Clint, I'm going to clear my palate. We're not carrying over any hate. Tabula rasa here. Clean you like surgeons so much, Joe. I will, in this joke, be a surgeon. If it... It's the joke. <laughs> Dr. Phil Scrap. That's a good name. He's a good guy. He loves his family, and although nurses are interested, he has a ring on his finger, and it matters to him. 
but sometimes his job involves giving very bad news. And it's one of those days, and he barely has enough. Okay, so we set the scene. We're in a doctor's office. Bling, bling. Door opens. Door closes. Have a seat. Mr. Benfield. I hope you didn't eat at the cafeteria. I know that's already a bad day. I'm stalling. I apologize. They said you went to see your wife and she... The bed was empty. The nurses were afraid to say anything, knowing your heart condition, but... Well, I have news. Terrible news. Your wife died because we <gasps> made a mistake. We implanted too many eggs during in vitro. The official cause of death was an ovary dose. <laughs> Lights. All right. I actually liked it. It not was bad, not like no. stand-up comedy. What's that? Well, I mean, what is stand-up no, no, comedy? No, no, no. It's no, kind no. of absurdist, maybe. Like, I don't, it, I don't know. It's like, it's like bad radio show, radio drama from like the 50s with a twist. But it's like super aware of how bad the acting is. Well, I wasn't aware. So I wasn't aware. Um... Again, I really wish you two would step out of your improv gyms and your podcasts and go to a real theater and see theater acting. Um, I've seen a few. I've seen dying. a few, the, like a good number of it's theater dead, plays Joe. in my life. Yes, it's dead. Well, we can't right now. Um, All right. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I know. I understand what's happening here. Is that you kids? You need electricity, and so I'm, I'm going with these dark dark stories but if i'm going to be dark i have to be electrified that's what i see people reacting to so. here's a story about a guy who's seen enough he's seen enough he's watched everything fall apart around him and he doesn't recognize the world he lives in anymore we'll call him joe worthless jeez it's kind of a, a, a fancy if i think that you keep picking our names I'm just trying to connect you to the material. <laughs> Joe All Worthless. Right, I'll let it go. Okay. okay. Just let him go. Okay. Let it go. Joe Worthless, he's in the park. Pigeons, pigeons, pigeons. <laughs> You're going to yell at me? Well, I'll yell right back at you. I don't care anymore. You want to call the cops? Fucking call the cops. You see a tie, you see a noose. You think I'm going to hang myself? I'll blow my brains out before I leave this world. Leave this world in the state it's in. You want to know how bad things are? I went to buy stamps the other day. And then I noticed. My old post office. Every guy working there has a face tattoo. Turns out it was a Post Malone office. Lights. Yeah. Post Malone office. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, just... Uh, it has had to be explained to me, but Post Malone... He's a musician yeah. with um, face yeah. tattoos. I figured it's... Oh, okay. There you go. I figured it's a name. Why okay. do stand-up when it looks like you just want to do, like, scenes mostly? Why not <laughs> yeah. just, like, do Mono monologues or monologues? Oh, yes. Yeah. Let me go to the crematorium where the theater is. I'll do shows while the fire rages and the thing I loved burns as putrid pieces of ash mm -hmm. fly out. Of the open but here's the rails. thing, like imagine I 
I look, Chad. I know that you were not um, a writer. You haven't written a single thing. I anymore. don't own a pen or pencil. Has not okay. even played tic tac toe. Last team, I have to write. Not even with his. I've never won a round of golf because I never know how I've done. There you go. But imagine, like, let's. Can you imagine, like, let's say you are a dessert chef. Uh-huh. And then you are hired to work as a chef, chef who actually like makes entrees. Go on. And like, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like you would have to learn how to do that instead of just trying to like present a creme brulee as an entree to a dinner at someone's restaurant. Like you can't just storm into the world of stand-up comedy. It, you know, and say like, look, here's me telling you a monologue in this very like acting school way. Like, I don't know. I don't know, like a shaken up man, like screaming. Let me tell you, uh, Sasha, I hate to interrupt, but let me tell you about another man who went on stage and changed the game in stand up, who took the paradigm of stand up, which was jokes. Not Louis C.K.? No, Bill Cosby. Okay. I knew it was one of the other. He told stories. He came to the Americas once, and I saw him at 14 years old. He told stories. That was not being done in stand-up, so I dare to create life! That's, that's going to be hard to I'm not even going to dissect that. I, I'm just going to put a big stamp of wrong over everything that was just said. All right, listen, I apologize. Everyone, listen, I'm being... It's okay. Sometimes when I'm in the devising process, I get it. We're all working together here. Here's what's happening. We all love the product. We all love the product, and we're all finding these small, tiny cracks in the veneer. No, no, no. We we just all want this to come to life, and how do we just... We're saying this is not even stand-up, what you're doing. Like, it's like like I'm uh, dropping into a bad acting class where a guy is like reading his monologue and then at the end it's like oh there's the old joke from like borscht belt times these were jokes written by very current white hetero cisgender selling point it feels (laughs) odd to bring it up yeah let me ask you i I think we understand your your material maybe if we have some time we'll do do some more of it I've got but, uh, 300 jokes, so if we want to stay on for four hours, um, which, which was, you paid 200 to 400 dollars for each. Yes, um, I'm sorry when I, four, when I like said four hours. Dollars, I, just, I think. What was the over ovary ovary dose joke? Ovary dose. You paid how much? Oh, that joke was 600 dollars, but I mean, I okay. knew it was a winner. Um, and what did they give you when they gave you the joke? They have to write like, it down because I don't write anything down. So they, okay. And what what is what was written? Um, you just want me to re- read it as it is on my. I have a collage of jokes, written jokes. I've just yeah. I'm actually curious place. what what you bought. Yeah. So here are some of the ones I bought that I thought again. I didn't think they were necessarily good because I'm great. Do you understand? Like I know that I can make these jokes work, but I'll I'll give you a few without um. All the bells and whistles, and uh, but I thought some of these had potential. Um, if someone milks your prostate but doesn't let you come, do you end up with blue bowels? I thought that had a nice wordplay at the end. Blue wow. bowels. Uh, 
I like that better than like if you were to have done more with it, like a car zooming by or anything the shorter like that. the better. I feel like yeah, like the shorter the better. This Joe and it was too long. Do you know what that tells me though? Do you know what that tells me though? And honestly, this isn't because I've done this three times as long as both of you combined. Again, this isn't about my expertise or your lack of expertise. But when someone says to me on stage, "Speed it up," I think slow down. I was like, because what's happening That's is terrible. Uh, director wouldn't like that ever. You said I, you I have fought with many directors over directed. this note. When a director says speed up, yeah. I understand what he's really saying is pause. No, take your time. He's saying speed no, up the right. anticipation. He's not talking to me. He's All talking right. to the Chad, audience. Chad, I have a, I have a sort of uh, like a bigger question. All right, for you. fair enough. What is your goal? What are you after in life? What are you after? Are you after fame? Well, I'd like to you... get back to Monty's Carnegie Hall at some point, you know, but as a stand-up, because I don't think it's going to be theater anymore. And... That could not have been, like, a real theater that you care about. Like, it sounds it, tiny. It, uh, it, it only seats 11 people. <laughs> um, and I, that's, a, can... that's absurd. <laughs> uh, as someone who's performed in some small it's theaters, that's absurdly small. kitchen. It's smaller than... The R.I.P. Um, I.O.S. loft. No, oh, most yeah, definitely. It's very yeah. interesting to me, and I, I think it speaks to your relative ages, that to you, the validation comes from the amount of people and not the amount you've affected the people who are there. I think that's well, a fair point. you got to start with some people. No, you have to start with some people, and then you get to the people that you affect, but you got to start with people. We were always at least 70% capacity at Monty's. Um, oh, you know that's good, and I don't want to talk shit about doing uh, acting in a small theater. I do. I we're do. Done. We've all done it. I do. Uh, I do think that's cool. That's good. Um, so, I have not yeah. made a career at working the biggest theaters. I have made a career being the biggest actor in the theater. Yeah, big fish in a small pint. Listen, uh, uh, trust. Let, let, but I guess my question is, what are you after then? It's the truth. Like, okay, see, like I'm after the truth. So yeah, because like, what's your next steps? Are you, where are you right. performing yeah. next? So All my plan things. is my plan is to sort of continue to workshop these jokes, put together a tight one sixty five. What is that seconds? Uh, no, a tight um, two hours and forty five minutes of material. Um, that's the longest. That's the long even for a movie. Well, for, like for plays, you know, that's where I come from. Up. That I, you know, that would just be something i demanded that, that i it's would get it's not unheard of too i've heard chappelle do three hour shows and now like who is that uh dave chappelle not white just so you know because you mentioned a lot of white yeah people. Not, well you not didn't straight white hetero not, not bill cosby yeah oh, i'm very interested i'm getting to know so much about these stand-ups like i said is he now is he in someone who brings like character to the work or just joke um, I'd say probably uses a little bit of both, but mostly just jokes. You know, I'm going to ask you both indulge me something. I've been thinking about your notes, and I, I realize I push back too hard, like any actor who believes in himself. And maybe the problem is that it's not that it's too long, but there's not enough jokes in, like, it needs to be more jokes and twice as long. I... No, I, I usually kind of want to say almost yes, though, but I'm not sure if right. you're imagining more is what good? I'm 1953, a young woman, Sasha Magdalone. She's okay. Southern. She's met a man. 
making a character, I think. Making up a character with my name. A man who comes by just to deliver the milk. He has barely any interest. She is up in her room because she has steel crutches for legs. So she cannot Not bad leave. for 1953. Yeah. She cannot leave, and yet she desperately desires to connect with someone. And this milkman, every day he shows up. And so this is the day she decides it's time to let him know. There's more to her than just the rackety sound of walking. <sighs> How can I build a scene? How can I build a scene? It was going fine, I think. I think the car might have took us out of it. Let me start again. I thought it was this. Is this you trying doing more jokes? This is going to be me doing a series of jokes. I'll just let it. I'll just let it happen, Joe, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, don't question it. All right. (sighs) Hey, going to the Cubs game? That oh. was the person in the car. Okay. Uh, listen, I, I, you'd be making this really hard on me. I, is, I know, it's just... It could have been I am Sasha outside. Magdalena right now, it's so when hard. you talk to me, okay. it's like you're talking to this woman on the second okay. story of this brownstone. All right. Okay. okay. <sighs> beep, beep. Hey, going to the Cubs game? <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. I said, pardon me. Is that her? I see you deliver milk every day. You're really good at it. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. I'm sorry. You do the whole block, do you? Bring milk to everyone. Just everyone's little milk fairy. <laughs> I made you smile, I guess. <laughs> yes. You know, I... So- can't help but wonder what you think beyond this job of yours. Eh? What is he not saying anything at this point? Uh, okay, I'm going to pause really quickly. <laughs> because I'm going to hit a torrent of jokes. Okay. I'm doing a lot of setup so that I feel comfortable this character is established. Okay. Because right uh, now, it's just, he's like so strangely quiet, this man. And the fact okay. that he did talk, you, he was the first voice. So. No, that was, I'm sorry, I should explain. That was just some ambient Sasha. sound. That was just the sound okay. of the street. Oh, it's the it's not. It's Chicago, 1950s. <laughs> Sounds of the streets. Okay, I'm, I'll go back hey, to the beginning. I'll start from the beginning. Hey, how about them cops? Wow. <laughs> Pardon me. I'm sorry, I said, pardon me. (laughs) Yes, it's me up on the window, leaning on the rail. (laughs) I get one of those bottles of milk from you. (laughs) There you are, delivering milk to the whole town like some kind of milk fairy. (laughs) She's so affected. I can't help but wonder what your life is like outside of this job, you know, like my life outside of these crutches. You know, my dad said once that I could never be a female train conductor. That's what I wanted to be as a kid. I guess I'm kind of looking for a man who believes in a woman's right to choo-choos. Is this it? That's supposed to be a string of them, so... Oh, it's a string. Sorry. 
Have you ever been to an art museum? Have you been to the Chicago Art Museum? I'd love to go, but Mom said I'll make too much noise on the linoleum floors. Hey, do you ever think that when art museums insult each other, do they use a lot of your MoMA jokes? Beep, beep. Wow. Go Cubs! <laughs> Same guy. Why is he circling? <laughs> uh, all I talk to is my mother and father, and they're so strange. My mother said she told the clockmaker down the street she wanted to pee on his wrist. He said, not on my watch. Okay. All right. I think that's yeah. sort of an example of where I could go with this. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Yes. I think it's... Did you see now how I have... It's very much like that box with the swords. You're not just watching a magic show. You are watching someone build a reality. Chad, for how disastrous this is, it was, Mm -hmm. it's incredible how much of a new form of entertainment it is. What? Like, it is a new form of entertainment. It's not stand-up. I would never call it stand-up. It's like a terrible idea of a new art form that is going to never make anybody happy. But it is very specific. It's punctuated. It's like a bad monologue from an acting class punctuated by bad jokes with like a runner of car passing by. And I don't know. I don't know. It's, Unintentionally funny. Yeah, like nobody would want to repeat this experience, but they might be impressed by the freshness of it the first time they hear it. Sasha, I'm sorry, Joe. What was the second part of what you said? What was it? What was the second part of those two words you There's said? No... <laughs> oh, I don't even remember. I think it was funny. What did he say? <laughs> I think oh, it was unintentionally funny. funny. No, I said yeah, just the unint- second part, please. Just what was the second <laughs> yeah. part? You funny. understand? He's you know, this is what I needed because honestly, I've spent all my savings on um, these jokes and I was going to quit. But now hearing you two understand what I'm going for, I am more determined than ever to continue. And just one if last note. If that's what n- you're going for, then, then cool. I mean, I really kind of enjoyed. I have to say, like, to be completely honest, I don't know. Like, I had one beer, and it kind of hit me in the good spot. This like last joke. I mean, I don't want to say joke because there's no joke. It's just like this like last piece of a radio drama with like three bad jokes that I can't remember. I don't know what I like about it. Would you like me to do it again? I know I wouldn't (laughs) want over two two hours of it. No. So around in fact, ninety this has minutes. Been, ninety. This minutes. has been too much. No, it's it's been too much, and I applaud anybody who gets this far listening to this episode. <sighs> you are a hero in my heart. If you are still with us, I think the true theater lovers who's tuning in. Um, let me just a quick note to those theater lovers out there that um. Please, please. We've all lost someone. We're all in grieving together, but. From death comes life when the body is put in the ground and eventually rots into a putrid sop. Putrid, yeah. From that, flowers bloom. And you are all little flowers who will find a way as I found a way. And 
Oh my god, I just realized that guy in the van was my Uncle Nick. That was my Uncle Nick. I, um, wow, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm not even sure if that makes it things better or worse. Worse. I think worse. Worse, does it? He. I think worse. He was half-blinded Maybe? in the war, which explains why he couldn't light a cigarette. She doesn't have any depth perception. Wait, but the, so that the guy with the velvet, whatever, vest. The Applejack the cap. No, the Applejack cap and the velour jacket. The velour jacket. That's my Uncle Nick. And um, now realizing that he had lost one eye in the war, he probably just couldn't figure out where to put the match. <sighs> okay. All right. I, again, I'm not a professional mental health professional yeah so it, I don't... it feels dangerous to to enter into that further yeah you know? i don't know if i want to analyze you sure it you don't want to like, again do you we can talk as much as you chad, want about what happened chad i know you want to talk a lot about yes. it and everything else we're doing two hours and 40 minutes yes because we're only an hour no in. no we are getting towards the end and i i know I, I i sort of i guess i'll let you decide if you want to give us Maybe a short version, a shorter version of any of your jokes with the character, or I suggest just reading off some jokes that you paid six hundred dollars for, because that's just in itself it's shocking. All right. um, and then we'll part. So, just one more joke. Just one more joke. Right? Just one more, more joke. There you go. <clears throat> By that it means probably long one. Yes. I am going to do one more joke, but I'm going to do it my way, Sasha. As um, 1870s, the coal mines of Dublin, D Dublin, um, getting into voice, um, two miners in the darkest well as a parrot struggles to breathe, having a quiet conversation as they chip away at coal. Lights up. The mines don't get any easier, do they? <laughs> Sometimes I wish we didn't have these lights. Then we could pretend we were somewhere else, like maybe the pub at night. You remember what happened to Patrick? I still think about it every day. That mine crushing him. His body somewhere a putrid mess. Of course. You know, he always used to tell everyone that he ate Papa Smurf's ass. Yeah, he'd shout about it till he was blue in the face. Chink! Chink! Scene. Okay, there was no car, so that's I'm thankful for that. I was shocked I and by, grateful for by it. By design, yeah. Well, I was in a mine. I... I and I applaud mind. applaud you for that. Um, definitely strange because 1870, 75, yes, 1870, uh, the mines of Dublin. Dublin, and then Papa Smurf. It feels like out of different. It's interesting. Timeline. Well, I, I think what I was thinking was this: Patrick had a fever dream. So even the words Papa Smurf were hilarious to these miners, much like the word college would be. It's a made-up thing right. that they, they can't do. They can't have a party. Right. Uh, yeah. Very cerebral, maybe past what uh, 
what it oh, deserves. Real quick, real quick, and I know we ha- I know we have to go, but uh, let me just try one other. I don't think that was the right. That's I think true. I think you were right that that joke was too contemporary, and I defended myself instead of listening. So my apologies. Sometimes I push back because I just want to be the best. So one more time. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, the same one. Same Just another day in the mines. I like this one better already. <sighs> okay. No. I'll okay. tell you something. You can hear the trucks up above. Those smart Alecks getting a drive while we sit down here, mining coal, waiting for this pair to die so that we can follow him quick. Good accent. Be nice to have a little humor down here. Something funny to make us forget about this dust we're breathing in our lungs. Yeah. You remember Patrick? He used to always say his testicles told really bad jokes. <laughs> I guess that makes it a hacky sack. <laughs> okay, so these are just like, there's no... The the problem with all of these really is that the the pun doesn't really like add a double meaning or anything. Mm-mm. It's just no, it doesn't. Never it's, does. It's the most. I'm not a writer. I'm not a writer. Yeah, you didn't write these either, no. so I, I understand. I'm just bringing them to life. Um, you know, you are doing your job of bringing these jokes to life. I will say that. I'm sorry, and I hate to, and I know we're very very much at the end, but this has just been bothering me the whole time. Can you not grow that little spot, like between your mustache and your beard? Is it just, are you shaving it, like for effect, so we, that you have a mustache and a beard, or is it that you're like, I can't grow this? I don't I'm think just... this is for the listeners to even have to ponder. Do you, there's a picture of you, see. I think, in the advertisements for this. I, I, I'd ask you to look at it. It's, it's, it's symmetrical in a way that makes me feel it's his choice. I mean, Chad, it's not unusual with Joe's doing like his facial hair. Like, it's not like it's out of the ordinary. No. Yeah, it's, and bodies are very symmetrical as well. But you see my beard. You're looking at me on this Zoom call. You see how full it is. It's just every every inch of it is full with husks of gray and a little black dappled around my lips. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it, it's unfortunate my beard is not the same as yours, Chad. I'm but sorry, Joe. I'm attacking you because I'm feeling like I felt a bit judged and the fact is, this process has been. been amazing. The process, I mean, the fact for that... For who? For the three of us to agree that I no, have no something. No one's in agreement. No one's in agreement for anything. Uh, you don't understand theater. This is how it works. The fact that... You don't understand Shut Up, I Love It. Perhaps I don't. I turned 71 two days ago. Mm. Maybe I don't understand the world anymore. Wait, you were 12 in 1979, so you were born in 1965. Yes, yeah, so math is... You should be 55 years old. But for some reason, you just added a few extra, 16 extra years to yourself. Maybe Why? maybe I was in that van longer than I thought. That was an implanted memory. This what is, is that? I, I've been meaning thing. to ask, Sasha. What does that mean, an implanted memory? <laughs> you believe this is true? Like, it's not real. Oh. You maybe are scraping at something to be real, so you've made it, made this up. Oh my god, I just realized how we're going to end this podcast. I just realized how we're going to end this podcast. 
I'm oh, going right. to create like the scene. I'm going to create this scene and use one of and I'm going to implant a joke into this scene. I'm all ears. All right. This is my I'm last offering here. Ooh, beep, beep. This way. This way. Don't be scared. Uh, I don't know, mister. I just want to be part of a magic show. It's all right. Get inside the box and undress. All right, I guess. This feels illegal to even... Hold on, it's coming, it's coming, hold on, it's coming. So weird, can't see anything except that little red light. Who's there? It's me, Uncle Nick. What are you doing here, Uncle Nick? Why aren't you out back watching the magic show? You want to know a secret? Hold on, let me get this underwear off. Why? Okay. I think underwear should smell like either ass or balls. No, no. <laughs> I, 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 I. This is the. Uh, what is happening? But that's just. What is happening? But that's just my two cents. You lived through this. This happened to you. That's terrible. I, I am. That's not, not a joke, you two. That's not a joke. It. I read. That was from my memory. That was not something I read on the actually just said came that. Back. You didn't write any of it. I didn't. Right. Oh, oh my God. Oh. I am not qualified to deal with this. I'm not a oh. mental health specialist. That was disgusting to listen to. Let's be honest, though. And I know I didn't write it. And I know it wasn't a joke. But I think underwear should smell like either ass or balls. But that's just my two cents with sense spelled S-C-E-N-T-S. Yeah. Is an A plus joke standal like even though it wasn't meant to be so you my, planted a joke into your most traumatic that's why memory. i'm here now because that whole experience wasn't about becoming an actor it was about becoming a stand-up comic and now i realize that that's when my path was laid by uncle nick with his applejack cap and velour jacket and swaying match ah! Dancing, dancing, dancing. Ugh. Pigeons, pigeons, pigeons. Mm. Beep, beep. Nailed it. Eating nuts, eating nuts. Uh, this, I thought I was coming here just to basically promote my new career, and instead, you have directed me in my life. I think you were directed for the first time successfully in your life. I owe it's... you a great... Gratitude, and I don't know what Shut Up, I Love It is about. I don't know if it's a cooking podcast. I don't know if it's where you watch The <laughs> Sopranos. I don't know what happens here, but I know what happened for me, and I owe you both very deeply. I will remember this before day. Before we part, yes, I I know there's a lot of goodbyes to be said, but before we part, Chad, uh, I want to you know thank you for coming onto this podcast, and it, it is probably one of the, if not the most confusing. Um, angles that we've taken on this it, it hasn't been easy booking guests in the pandemic <laughs> and it's been a Unless little we're... harder to vet them <laughs> yes i just sent you a just a form email i sent a bunch i sent it to a bunch of podcasts and you and we should have called known. me in an hour we have known. You, you called we my phone number known. in an hour <laughs> but look we are super grateful for you coming on and thank we, you thank you so much and we really like you know we 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 respect 
you're going through such a traumatic reenactment of your most traumatic memory again, you know, as a child. And we hope you talk to a medical or mental health professional. Is there any shows that are coming up? Anything you would like to plug for your... Well, I'm not booked know, anywhere as I have not yet taken the stage. Um, okay. You know, I'm going to change things up since we've taken so many chances. I'm just going to end with a quote from Vic McNulty. Don't be impressed. Okay. Um, Sounds familiar. Is it from The Wire? Vig, Vig McNulty. Vig McNulty. No, he's a pretty mm. famous theater teacher in the Americas. All right. <laughs> and one time he said, if they're laughing too much, mm. they're not bothering to think. <clears throat> he just walked out, Joe. Wow. He okay. just left. All right. Well, look, Joe, is there anything you'd like to plug? I... Uh, yeah, uh, go check out my comic is on uh, Amazon now, Robot Black Belt Champion. Check it out. Uh, it's on Kindle Unlimited if you have that. It's like Netflix for books, so you could just read it. Thank you, Joe Cabello, for hosting me. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for artwork. Thank you, Bry Walker, for this amazing music. We once again... Thank our guest who just walked out, stormed out, tore off all the cables and headphones that he had attached. Chad Austin Pierce, thank you. And thank you for listening. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>